Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> Were the 49ers the team to beat in 2022? I've got my main guy, So Real Sunil. We're going to be back. We're going to be talking it up and all after this. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another show. It's me and so real Sunil once again. We 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 vibing out here with another show. How you doing, my man? Doing well, man. Uh definitely in the swing of obviously off season for the 49ers. Um yeah, man, been chilling. It's it's weird uh not having a game to kind of prepare for, but you know, one thing about the faithful, one thing about the 49ers, they will always have something to talk about, and there is more than enough still to keep us on Twitter going back and forth and making content. So definitely the best team to, to be able to follow. Oh yeah. I mean, we're this team since the day we got eliminated, be it the talk about the game. Then it goes to Tom Brady. Then it goes to Aaron Rodgers. We were just talking about this in the pre uh, before the show, just one storyline after another. Got to give a shout out to our boy, Grant, man, Grant, Grant be doing his thing. He, he creating the storylines and then, they got people talking, so hey, it creates dialogue, it creates discourse, and uh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, man, it's it's nice to still be able to be engaged, and obviously everybody has their opinions, and it's good, you know, as long as you know people keep it respectful, and uh, you know everybody just kind of allows uh, people to just kind of get their get their statements off, and you know agree to disagree. It's cool, but you know, obviously that's not reality. So it's fun. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Real quick, do want to give a shout out to No Border Sports. I'm assuming it's Ryan. Thank you for tuning in uh, to the show. Starting off, though, we got to start with the most recent talk. Brandon Ayuk held an interview with uh, Graham, uh, Brad Graham, obviously, of the SF Niners. Huge shout out to him. That was a, a incredible thing for him to do. But Brandon Ayuk ha- held an interview. Just before we start, what, what were you kind of thoughts when you when you were if you listened to it or when you saw uh, clips of it or whatever yeah I mean I haven't been able to watch the whole interview but you know definitely was was you know gave gave prop, props to Brandon because Ayuk doesn't do too many interviews like that right so it's cool to see him get a chance to talk uh to Brandon Ayuk Ayuk is one of my favorite players on the team, you know, mm-hmm. like probably top three. So to be able to hear more from him is 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 pretty great. Um, overall, man, obviously some people took what he had to say, um, you know, a, a certain way. To me, he sounded like a very confident guy, a guy that's you know understands the reality of his situation, understands kind of what he, or at least 
what he was able to, you know, discuss what he believes the team was and probably gave us a little bit of insight as as far as what, what that team felt about themselves in the locker room, which I think is great because obviously there's one way for us fans to, to look at the team and we don't really get to have what's going on in the locker room, but to, to see the type of confidence and what the belief was in that locker room, it's kind of sad, Rohan, because once again, it seems like just a missed opportunity with the right. way things played out. Um, and I think that it seems like a lot of the, a lot of the team feels the same way. No, I, I agree. And I mean, uh, it's interesting, obviously, to see. I, I love the genuine interviews when you when you get to see the mind inside of a player, what, what the player is thinking and things like that. Some of the comments were very interesting from Brandon Ayuk. I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, first of all, I talked about the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, and he said uh, how he's going to put – if he were a betting man, he'd put his money on the Kansas City Chiefs, did not think the Eagles' defense was that good. What was your thoughts on that, given the way the game played uh, game played out? Yeah, I mean, obviously you can't really that 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 would that's incomplete. You know what I mean? Like the 49ers didn't really get an opportunity um to really showcase what they could do um against that defense. I have nothing but respect for the Philadelphia Eagles defense. I personally think the Eagles are gonna win. Um mm-hmm. so I would disagree with Brandon Ayuk on that statement, but I also think that they obviously the, the 49ers had a game plan going into that game. They clearly felt like they had something that they saw that they could take advantage of. And within the first drive of the game, Brock Purdy gets, you know, injured to the point he can't throw the football anymore. So to me, like, yeah, if I'm Brandon Ayuk, I'm like, yeah, we had this thought process to take advantage of what, what this defense is giving us. We didn't get a chance to actually implement our game plan, but we're confident that it would have worked what else is he supposed to say? Like, you know, like, um, and they asked him what his opinion is on who's going to win the Super Bowl. He gave his opinion. There's a lot of people that think Kansas city is going to win. Um, also, I I don't know. It's to me, it's, it's not really, it's not really a story. Uh, I I think the same too. I mean, I think it's obviously a talking point. A lot of people trying to talk, uh, about it. Uh, and overall, I mean, it's what he believes and, I mean, it's unfortunate that we couldn't see what would have happened. We really don't know. Like CJ says here, we really don't know what would have happened. That's the unfortunate reality of it. And the thing is also, maybe Brennan is talking about it from the 49ers perspective because we know how Kyle Shanahan is so uh, good at really scheming up his play, scheming up and, and, and doing what he does even against top defenses. So maybe he's talking to that perspective as well. But certainly an interesting comment. And I, I think that, you know, while it riles up people uh, people some way, I think that you can say it's fair from his perspective. I do agree with you. I think the Eagles are a very good team. I've said it uh, on stream. They're the most complete team in the NFL. That defense uh, does have good things that it, uh, obviously uh, that are a part of it. I think Gannon, Jonathan Gannon is a good defense coordinator as well. So I, I do think that there, there, there's two sides to it. But, yeah, certainly interesting comments. But, the but here's the thing. Here's the thing, it. Rohan. It's like – you know, there's this narrative being created. Like, what's he supposed to say? Like, I feel like there's this there, there's there's this um, sentiment online that that thinks that Brandon Ayuk should have come out and just been like, that team was just too good for us. There was nothing we could have done to beat beat that team. They deserve all the props. We just really need to go back into the lab, and you know, we're just not good enough. Like, 
where's that? Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, what was he supposed to say that was that would make you know whatever the narrative that's being created um, online like say? He, I believe, most fans believe that we didn't get to see the full what the 49ers could could fully do because Correct. Brock Purdy got injured very very early in that game. Now, how he got injured, who's who who deserves blame for that injury? Let's take that out of that and just talk about the reality is the 49ers went to their fourth string quarterback that couldn't uh get the get 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 the ball off couldn't snap the ball in time without getting delay after delay of game after delay of game in an opportune moment um where the 49ers could drive in and uh, get the score close uh in the in the last minutes of the first first half he fumbles a, a snap that was thrown perfectly to him that changes the dynamic of the game after that he gets knocked out of the game and the only quarterback left on the roster which was Brock Purdy tore his ligament in his elbow where he couldn't throw the ball so they literally were playing three and out to a deep to an offense that we already know was really good and that and the defense still held them to really ridiculous passing game numbers and I'm just like what, what if I'm Brandon Ayu, if I'm a fan I'm looking at this team and being like yeah like I don't know if that team's better than us. And if I'm in the in the locker room, I, of course I'm super confident that I believe that team's not that better than us because we had we we basically had no opportunity to be able to do that. So I just don't understand this narrative, Rohan, where like people are like, oh, like, you know, he, he this is why the you know, and, and you know, props to Grant because Grant's really, really good at this and I and I love him, but that doesn't mean I have to agree with everything he says. Yeah. Him saying that this is the reason why the 49ers lost to me is like just boggles my mind because what wh how else should the team believe? Like he should say, nah, the, the Eagles are just way better than us. And I don't believe that. And I don't see that. And nobody knows because one team had a quarterback and another team didn't. And that's pretty important when you're playing NFL football. What did you say, Rohan? No, I, I definitely do agree with what you're saying. I do. Yeah. And I mean, when you talk about it, the reason the 49ers lost, like you said, they didn't have a quarterback to compete with. Uh, I mean, we've seen what the 49ers have done with their quarterback, and we've seen the unfortunate reality when you see a backup quarterback come into the game. It really shows how good Brock Purdy was and what he – like how impressive what he did was. To me, the most impressive time Brock Purdy uh, – the most impressive – uh, game from Brock Purdy, really, even with all the statistics, with everything that he's done, was the first game that he played in, in Miami. Coming off the bench when you aren't expected to play into a game and actually seeing the success he had, that's impressive. And what you saw from Josh Johnson, this is a guy who's played a lot. This is a guy who we've seen in the NFL on this team before, on many NFL teams, and in games before. To So, like, it, it's just impressive what Brock Purdy did. And, yeah, I mean, we can talk, we can go on and on. The reason that Brock Purdy got injured, he got hit. Why? Because the Eagles changed a tendency in, in their defensive scheme and had Hassan Reddick blitz the quarterback, just go straight up and go straight at the quarterback. He Brock Purdy could have stepped up. Tyler Croft could have made a better block. So many different things you could talk about if you're trying to point pinpoint the blame on one little thing. But in reality, we don't know how that game was going to end. The reason the 49ers lost is because they didn't have a quarterback. That's the main reason. And as as good as Kyle Shanahan is, unfortunately, you can't do regular things with Josh Johnson in there. The 49ers knew it. You could see how deflated they were uh, when the quarterback kind of change happened. 49ers knew that they were going to lose that game in a way when that moment and, happened. And look, 
the 49ers were still competitive even with Josh Johnson. That game right. was still in, like, they were going into the half with the ball, and they were going to have the ball um, at the beginning of the first half. And it wasn't like they hadn't scored on the 49ers with Josh Johnson because the touchdown that they had was with Josh Johnson at quarterback. So I think that the team still believed it was competitive till they till a quarterback went in that couldn't throw the ball anymore, right? And I, I want to make it completely clear. I'm not saying that even with Brock Purdy, automatically the 49ers win that game. Yeah, I'm saying that I don't know. I, I, I think the Eagles, and I've been probably out of all of the 49ers content creators, the biggest Eagles fan out of every. I've been saying from the offseason that the Eagles are going to be the toughest competition for the 49ers. And so I, I don't necessarily think it was just hands down the 49ers would beat the Eagles. But to act like there's no chance the 49ers had or that we know for a fact the Eagles would have beat the 49ers if Brock Purdy was healthy is just to me as non-realistic as saying that for sure the 49ers would have beat the Eagles without with Brock Purdy. So I'm just saying, I don't know. That's what you're saying. We don't know. But to act like anybody does know, you know, they're, they're just being naive or, you know, they're just trolling because nobody thinks that that was the 49ers team that rattled off that winning streak that was dominating teams at the at the end of the end of the season um nobody believes that that team is the team that that played the eagles um in the nfc championship game yeah no uh that is true i mean it is true and that's why it's so unfortunate the way the way that that game ended the way that that game really uh went along and i I think that it it, it is tough but i want to ask you on the other comment that brenna you made you said that most definitely the 49ers were the team to beat in 2023, uh, 2022. We see the title. Do you agree with that sentiment? Do you think the 49ers were that team to beat? Were they that top team? Or do you think that they were uh, a team that was going to have to eclipse other teams uh, in, in going to that Super Bowl? Now, are you so are were they the team to beat? I think going into the playoffs, a lot of people had the 49ers as the favorites just because of what they did closing out the year, um, what that offense was looking like. They had the number one defense. They had, I think, the number one offense or close to the number one offense in like the last half of the season or wherever Brock Purdy was out there. So I I definitely think that, you know, and even in the power rankings, Rohan, a lot of people had the 49ers as the number one team going into the playoffs. So I don't think it's it's that wild for for somebody to say that the 49ers were the team to beat. Um, You know, Usually the the team to be usually you, you look at okay who won the Super Bowl and maybe that's the team to beat but the Rams weren't even in the playoffs so it's not like any of the teams really had a claim to be the team to beat the the Eagles got the number one seed but they were only one game they only had won one game more than the 49ers so to mm-hmm. me that's like kind of like a wash Kansas City same thing they had played head to head but if I'm the 49ers I'm saying we didn't have uh, our full Full, we weren't fully healthy. CMC wasn't fully in the game. Like you still believe that, hey, we can still beat beat this team with the team that we have right now. So, like for me, yeah, I have nothing. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with a player being confident. And you would want that mentality going in. You don't want to go in feeling like you're the underdog when you actually have more talent than the other team you want to be like yo we're the team to beat and we're going to go out here and execute and win and i think brandon Ayuk played with that kind of dog in him the way he blocked the way they the the way they competed the way they got under the skin of the other opposing team all that kind of stuff 
They played mm-hmm. like they were the better team. They played like, hey, you, you don't got anything on us. And I like that swagger. So for me, I feel I see nothing wrong with that statement. And you know, I totally believe that uh that you know he believes that full fledged. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think you you have to view this in two ways. One, the 49ers pers- or Brandon Ayuk in the 49ers perspective, and then the other perspective. As the 49ers and as Brandon Ayuk. You have to go into the playoffs thinking we're that team. You've got to. I mean, you have to have the confidence in yourself if you want to go that far. So I don't have an issue with what he said. Me personally, I did think that the team to beat, at least in the NFC, was the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I thought that they were the the number one team coming in. I thought the standings really were a good reflection of how this NFC was. And the NFC was not a good conference this year. I mean, well, let's be honest. There were only two contenders out of the NFC, and they're the two that made the championship game, in my opinion. But I thought that... Philly was one, SF was two, but really when I talked about it last week and when it, when we were breaking down this championship game, I said how close it was and how one team could eclipse the other based on a variety of keys. So to me, there's no clear-cut team to beat. I think all four of the teams, these two teams in the NFC and the two teams in the AFC, I think all four of those teams were close enough to where I, I don't have a problem with him making that statement. Yeah, and I mean obviously the AFC game proved how close those teams were to each other as like it took last second heroics for that game to be done. And look, I'm I'm more than happy to let anybody know that the Philadelphia Eagles are much better than the 49ers will blow the 49ers out if the 49ers don't have a quarterback that could throw the ball past 5 yards. I am look, breaking news, the Eagles will 100 times out of 100 times beat the 49ers if the 49ers do not have a quarterback. Take that to the bank, Rohan. <laughs> Hey, he broke the news. <laughs> he broke the news there. Real quick, do want to give a shout-out to the rest of the guys that popped up in here. CJ Gray, we saw him earlier. Uh, 49ers throwback, thank you as well for tuning in, as well as uh, the Rams fan. Nah, I'm good. Uh, TC, thank you for tuning in, as well as – oh, I saw one more. Uh, NorCal uh, 209er. We'll get to your guys' questions in a bit, so keep dropping the questions out here, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll get to them. Starting off with – where was it? Ah, this is an interesting question. Mike McGlinchey is gone, is what 49ers throwback is saying. What do you think? 49ers? Are they re-signing Mike McGlinchey, or are they uh, they moving forward? Well, I mean, the report says there's mutual interest to, to bring him back, right? Um, right. I think that it's going to be based off of money, and obviously, Rohan, you are – the go-to guy I go to when it comes to cap and what, what the 49ers can actually allocate and where their resources are best allocated. But obviously, once again, 49er narrative, Mike McGlinchey obviously isn't perfect right tackle. Let's say that. Like he no. does have issues. He does make mistakes, but he's also not the worst right tackle. So I, to me, I do believe that the offensive line does need to be upgraded. And obviously right tackle is a position where you could get better play, but I would, I, I think it's going to be a, a matter of money, right? If he comes back on a team friendly deal, I absolutely think that they'd bring Mike McGlinchey back. He knows the system. He's serviceable. And I don't think that there's 10 better right tackles in the game right now that are better yeah. than him. You know what I mean? So like if you could get him for, top 15 money let's say maybe top 16 17 money and he's playing at a top 10 right tackle you would you would be like yeah that's that's what you would what you would want to do now i know 
But if he's going to be like re- really expensive, then I think you let him walk in. You move a Spencer Burford over, or you draft somebody, or um, you know, if it's McKivitz, like a, you know, some some people are saying. Yeah, I, I think that the 49ers, I think that the 49ers would like McGlinchey back if it made sense for the 49ers. But if it doesn't make sense for the 49ers, yeah, I think he walks. I think that that's fair, and here's how I think about Mike McGlinchey. Once again, I think about it in two ways. One, the fan perspective, and two, the team perspective. As a fan, so many people don't want Mike McGlinchey back. And to me, it's confusing because I'm going to ask you, where do you upgrade? How do you upgrade? Are you thinking you're going to get Caleb McGarry, who's going to be more expensive than McGlinchey, and the only reason the 49ers really are letting McGlinchey go is because of the money? Is that the is that the option? Because apart from Caleb McGarry, there's no upgrade to Mike McGlinchey available. And so to me, as a fan, if with that, because as a fan, you're not thinking about contract, you're not thinking about salary and things like mm-hmm. that. You want the best player possible to play at your position. You talk about the offensive line being a liability. Mike McGlinchey is the best available option apart from Caleb McGarry. So I, I'm wondering why fans are so adamant against uh, about moving on from Mike McGlinchey. And it's now, so funny to me, Rohan. Also, just to, to just to mention, you know, the 49ers had drafted Aaron Banks to basically replace uh, Tomlinson, right? Like a Tomlinson, and people yeah. were like, people were like, oh man, this is crazy. Let like Tomlinson walk and all this kind of stuff, but because they're like, how do you know he's like um, the level of play of Tomlinson and all this kind of stuff? Blah 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 blah. Right now, all of a sudden, people are like, the 49ers don't have a draft pick till the third round. Now they believe that any some third, fourth, fifth round draft pick is going to be able to just move in and be better than Mike McGlinchey. I just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Right. That's the second part of it, right? Draft capital. Uh, like, uh, if you're a, a, a tackle in the third round, remember, tackle is a very valuable position. There's, it's rare that tackles are seen, uh, like top tackles are seen in the third round. Now, this draft class is deep especially in that mid-round. So I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers go with that sp- uh, spot. But I think still, if they move on and you draft a tackle, Colton McKivitz is still the favorite to win the job. I wouldn't be surprised if Colton McKivitz beats out a third-round or fourth-round pick for the job. But the thing is, Colton McKivitz is a drop-off. Same as Tom Compton was a drop-off a while ago. A lot of people get uh, cl- clamored up in uh, Tom Compton's run-blocking skills. His pass protection was horrible. His pass protection was really one of the main reasons why the 49ers didn't go to a Super Bowl that year. Uh, they he, he got killed in that Rams game. And so to me, it's questionable. Now, as Mike McGlinchey, I probably would move on from the 49ers. Other teams will offer him more money. Other teams offer him a fresh start as well. Because if we're being honest, the media has not been nice to Mike McGlinchey. The fans have not been nice to Mike McGlinchey here. I, I think he would enjoy a fresh start, although he does have an upbringing here in California uh, in the Bay Area. His wife's from the Bay Area. It, it makes sense for him to stay. I, I wouldn't surpri- be surprised uh, for him to move on. Now, from a team perspective, the 49ers have $16 million in cap space. Now, Mike McGlinchey isn't going to make $15 million. If he gets a four-year $60 million deal, he won't make $15 million this year. He'll make like eight, six, six to eight million, maybe. Uh, he'll have a low cap hit this year, and the cap hit ex- exponentially increases the next three years. But I don't know if you want that contract on your books when you have the amount of big contracts that you have to deal with. I think the 49ers, this is their toughest decision because there is no, uh, in, in terms of Mike McGlinchey, 
you're likely not going to be able to uh, replace him, like the level of talent if you move on. Jawan Taylor's an intriguing option. He's a guy who I brought up earlier this week. I would really like it because he's 25. I could see a Charvarius Ward-esque deal for Jawan Taylor, and that would make sense for the 49ers. But I don't know if they aren't going for Mike McGlinchey, if they shell out that type of money for a tackle. We'll see. But uh, it, it's a tough situation here uh, in regards to McGlinchey. Yeah, and, you know, I think, like you said, what is the what is the option? You know, like, you know, I think when we were going into last season, you were you were saying, you know, Spencer Burford probably was being groomed to move into right tackle. Maybe that's right. there. I, I mean, obviously, the report has been called McKibbitz. But, you know, I think that Mike McGlinchey was missed when he wasn't there last season, you know, even though yeah. the 49ers still did, you know, while Tom Compton still did, you know, good in run blocking. I do think that this offensive line was better when my, Mike Buglinci was there um, versus when he's not. So, like I said, I, I completely get the sentiment to let him walk. Obviously he's made some really bonehead plays. I think some of his body language during games hasn't been, you know, the best, not picking up quarterbacks and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, like I said, be careful what you wish for. And look, reality is most likely he probably walks because I don't think I do think that there's I think the rest of the league, Rohan, appreciates Mike McGlinchey more oh, yeah. than the 49er fan base. So I, I do think that he's people gonna are going to be, be surprised. Yeah, he's going to contract. He's going to be one of the higher paid right tackles, I think, because like I said, I don't think that you can name. And I said 10 right tackles. Rohan, it might be. Five. Can you name five right tackles better than maybe? You know what I mean? But I'm saying he's probably in that. Yeah. He's probably in that five to ten range and probably, you know, middle of that versus the bottom of that. So mm -hmm. so that's all I'm saying. It's like, you know, be careful what you wish for. But at the end of the day, it does look like he's gonna be a cap casualty. So the 49ers do have to um, you know, plug in somebody and hopefully a guy like Burford, I think can, you know, maybe he can level up his play. Or, you know, a McKivitz hopefully can, uh, you know, can be adequate enough. Yeah. 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 We'll see. It's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting conversation for sure. NorCal 209er here says, is Brock Purdy have a mental block where he just can't step up in the pocket? Did he ever get lit up in college? This is obviously in reference to the injury, but also because Brock Purdy has the tendency to bail left. Um, did you sense, like, do you think that that's an area where Purdy needs to improve on going forward? Absolutely. I mean, one thing that early when he first came in, when he first started, uh, his elusiveness from being able to block uh, to get out of, um, you know, uh, sacks was was really nice. But he did that through moving uh, horizontally, not from moving you know vertically. Right. So he was, you know, scrambling and all that kind of stuff, his athleticism, his, you know, his spin moves, his dip moves, all that kind of stuff, which is, you know, the whole. Patrick Mahomes-esque type type plays but you're right he, we never we didn't really see him just do those kind of nuance moves like a Tom Brady um like a Peyton Manning where they just kind of moved up in the pocket and, and kept their eyes down the field to be able to you know deliver the pass and you know obviously we're you know we're, we're I think that we're talking about the play where he got injured and a lot of people are are putting that on Kyle Shanahan because obviously the low hanging fruit is Tyler Riddick versus or Tyler Croft versus Hassan Riddick that matchup. But um, if you really look into that play, 
Brock Purdy had 3.4 seconds to throw the ball. He could have stepped up, and he had Brandon Ayuk already broke, breaking wide open for a huge play. So if he would have thrown the ball earlier or if he would have stepped up and thrown the ball, that would have been a like probably a game-changing play that could have gone for a big yardage, if not more, based off of what we know Ayuk can do with the ball in, 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 in space. So to me, yeah, that is something that I think Brock Purdy could get better at and needs to get better at, and hopefully he'll come back healthy and, you know, be able to work on those things because clearly, you know, Brock Purdy has done a lot of great things, but that doesn't mean that he's a perfect quarterback. There are things that he needs to work on and pocket, you know, pocket presence is probably one of those things, right? Because um, he obviously didn't feel that guy coming and that wasn't, I don't think that wasn't his blind side. So like he should have, he should have been able to kind of feel the pressure, no pre-read that like, look, it's probably going to be Reddick versus, Croft, so you know, get the ball out quick, and you know, obviously those things didn't comp compute in his head, and you know, unfortunately, it led to a really fluke, fluke injury. But yeah, I do think it's something that he needs to work on. Right, that much needed to kind of change. Uh, like you talk about the the play, right? Reddick had to play the way that he played. Obviously, Purdy had to play. Uh, Purdy didn't step up when he could have. Uh, you can debate a couple of things, right, about the play. It's unfortunate for sure. But um, I, I do think that, yeah, this is an area where he has to improve. And as for the comment about college, you actually see this tendency in a lot of college quarterbacks. Like I'm watching film on the top three quarterbacks right now in this draft in uh, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. And you'll see this tendency um, both in Young and Richardson because quarterbacks, especially in college, when the pressure isn't as bad, right? When the pressure isn't as high, and also when the athleticism necessarily isn't at the NFL level, you'll see quarterbacks try and utilize that mobility to move laterally and extend plays. And that's something that they have to learn in the NFL. Purdy will learn it. Um, he'll, he'll continue to improve. But yeah, that is an area of improvement for sure. And I do think that, you know, to answer what he's done in college, he was injury prone. And, I mean, he did have suffer some injuries in college that held him out of, uh, of, um, of, of games. I don't know if it was based off of hits or anything like that, but I do know that he, he did have some injuries, which was kind of why uh, he wasn't necessarily as sought out in the draft as, you know, obviously his play would show now. Yeah, no, I agree. 49ers throwback here says we have to pay Nick Bosa, Ayuk, and Hufanga next year. We can't keep everyone. It hurts. Mike McGlinchey is gone. I hope I'm wrong. Let's talk about one specific part of this. Brandon Ayuk and a potential extension. Now, we've had a, a little bit of interesting kind of uh, uh, interesting not only comments, but also what Brandon Ayuk has done. Like the picture, obviously, in the Giants jersey. Then his uh, girlfriend posted something on TikTok uh, detailing a potential move. But then we see him uh, come up, and he says he'd love to be a Niner. And obviously, it's a, it's a business, but he'd want to stay in San Francisco. Brandon Ayuk, do you think he gets extended? How do you – and if so, yeah, uh, sorry. If so, like, tell, talk to me through it. So I I, I think they pick up his fifth-year options because they have that um, ability because they did draft him in the first round and, and buy themselves another year. But when it comes uh, – when it, when it comes to the actual decision, are they going to pay Brandon Ayuk? I would say yes. And the reason for that is you look at Brandon Ayuk and you look at Debo. Debo's older. Debo isn't 
the the route runner that Brandon Ayuk is. Brandon Ayuk has picked up his the 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 things that he needs to do to like be effective on this with his blocking prowess, his leadership in the locker room, and uh, just overall just route running and, and things of that nature. So I look I look at that the 49ers are gonna pay Brandon Ayuk, and after this year, you can see maybe Debo is somebody that they try to move or or something like that and put all their eggs in the Brandon Ayuk basket because at the end of the day, reality is Debo, the the way he plays, the the age he is, all that kind of stuff, you're probably gonna get more use out of Brandon Ayuk than you are out of Debo just based off of the age thing. You're on mute right now, Rohan. There we go. I'm in it. Uh clear Brandon Ayuk was the best receiver for the team this year in terms of uh, as a pure receiver. I think Brandon Ayuk, uh, he, he's the guy who the 49ers should keep of the two if it comes down to it. Um, Debo Samuel obviously uh, was valuable, but I think at the receiver position especially, there's just an influx of talent coming through the draft every single year. You're going to find mid-round guys that are available that end up being good players for, for a team. And so I think the smarter teams are going to start cycling, not necessarily cycling through, but trading receivers uh, as they reach the end of the deal to get extra capital and then utilizing the capital on another receiver on a rookie contract because you're trying to get as many good players as you can on cheaper contracts. That's how you maximize the window of certain teams because then you have more money, obviously, to utilize at other, uh, other positions of need. And so I think that that's an area where the 49ers could look to do, because when you talk about the 49ers, obviously the quarterback is a, is, is a position where they have a low uh, spending on, but before the uh, Samuel extension, when the 49ers first made the uh, Super Bowl, and then in 2021, what happened? They had uh, two receivers on rookie deals. They had Nick Bosa on a rookie deal. You've had like other positions as well. And so you want to maximize that window by keeping as many rookie deals as possible and effective players, obviously, on the rookie deal. Personally, I do think Brandon Ayuk gets extended, but it's not going to come this offseason. should come only next offseason when you see the tendency. And John Lynch has said it himself. The 49ers look to extend guys, uh, especially first-round picks, in the fourth, uh, after the fourth year of their deal, before they have that one year left, Ayuk's fifth year option is going to get picked up. He won't get traded this offseason. That 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 should be out of the realm too, because there's no need to with the extra year of team control that you have. So you should see another season with the 49ers. But it'll be a fun year for Brandon Ayuk, and uh, a year where I'm sure he's looking to really uh, get up as many accolades as possible, so that it goes well in his contract extension. And the one thing to understand about the Brandon IU contract where it's a little bit different is he was the second first round pick in that draft. And the first first round pick in that draft is Javon Kinlaw, which nobody right. believes the 49ers are going to give any type of big money to, or even an extension to at this point. Correct. So the, it, it works out kind of well that, you know, with Brandon, Ayuk, it's not like that year, there's going to be a lot of big money contracts that they have to give out and hopefully they could restructure some stuff and, you know, maybe some stuff come. I don't think anything's coming off the books, but um, yeah, I, I do believe that Brandon Ayuk is here for the long term. Um, and, you know, even though most of us love Debo, like I'm, I'm a big Debo fan as well. We've seen with CMC there now, you know, Debo's impact hasn't been as big and, you know, there was a lot of games that Debo wasn't there where this team offense looked really, really good still. So um, I, I, do, I do think that that's going to play a role. And out of the two, 
Debo's going to be probably the the easiest to move just because the league is always looking for a Debo. You know what I mean? He's one of one right. type of situation. So when you're talking about getting back, you know, a high asset for that, we've seen we've seen the trajectory now. We've seen um, you know uh, Devonte Adams get moved. We've seen Tyreek Hill get moved. So we've seen um, AJ Brown get moved. We've seen DeAndre Hopkins get moved. So big name receivers are get, being moved and most of those teams uh you know have been doing all right even with those teams you know losing that that weapon so i think that yeah debo is probably on the block in the in two two years from now here's what i'll say about debo samuel too i would not be surprised if he plays out the entirety of his contract with the 49ers and then goes elsewhere in free agency because his dead cap hit next offseason is still pretty pretty darn high i think it's around 25 26 million because of the guaranteed money because remember the 49ers they backtrack these deals and debo samuel's deal also has two void years i wouldn't be surprised if they keep him through brennan Ayuk's um fifth year option which is what 20 fifth year option is 2024 this year. Right? so oh, sorry. yeah he, this would be this year's he would they would have to pick it up this offseason yeah yeah they pick it up but fifth year option would be like you know what i mean the the season after 23 23 24 season yeah, yeah. And so I think that they'll keep him through that and they'll keep Debo Samuel through Ike's first year, which will likely be a lower cap it given the way that they structure deals. And I think he goes probably as a free agent. Um that that that's my best bet at the moment, just because of the way Debo Samuel's contract is structured. But um we'll see. We'll see. It'll be fun. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that the 49ers had already kind of game planned that when they came up with Debo's contract. Yeah, yeah, but the big thing, Debo Samuel has a $28.5 million cap hit next year. That's a pretty darn high cap hit. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. But uh, no, talking about talking about that, uh, I think we're in agreement here. Sean here has a question, though, on Emmanuel Mosley, um, asking if we've covered him. What do you think about Emmanuel Mosley? Is there a price that you would not keep Emmanuel Mosley for? Uh, do you think that he's a must retain? How do you how do you feel about him going into free agency? I think that the assert uh assurgence of Diamond Lenore uh makes E-Man maybe kind of like it has to be on a team friendly deal. I would love to bring Emmanuel Mosley back. I would love to bring him back on like a one year prove it deal like they were doing with Jason Barrett. But you know, the 49ers are in a good position where they don't necessarily need to depend on Emmanuel Mosley because, you know, they have two starters there still under contract and on the roster um, in Lenore and and uh, Charvis Ward. I do think they also are going to draft a couple of corners because it seems like they're starting to, like, make sure they're always drafting one or two corners per draft to kind of keep that um, keep that stable there. But, yeah, I mean, I would love to have Emmanuel Mosley. The problem is as – more and more of these 49er coaches get hired to other teams uh, that there's more competition for the, for this talent. So, you know, does D'Amico, does Emmanuel Mosley want to go with D'Amico where they probably need another corner there, or does he go to Miami where, you know, Vic Fangio is there and, and, you know, he has the, he has like, you know, um, that relationship with McDaniels or does he end up in with the Jets that, you know, with solid. So it's like, there's a lot of competition now. So, I do think it, at the end of the day, Rohan, it's one of those situations where if it makes sense financially for the 49ers, I'm all for bringing it back. But there is a realistic 
you know, obviously he's coming off of injury, so I don't know how much that's going to play a role in it. But there is a reality where he might just have too many suitors, which would obviously raise the price for him. Um, and if it is too expensive, obviously we need to save our resources for other positions. No, I think that that's fair. I mean, when you talk about it, the the number one question, D'Amico Ryans is going to look to build leaders in his in, in when he when he goes to Houston. Aziz Shire, it seems like it's almost a certainty to go to Houston. Would not be surprised if Jimmy Ward ends up in Houston. Uh, but Emmanuel Mosley, I mean, off the injury, D'Amico Ryans is the one guy that knows. Emmanuel Mosley is really underrated, but D'Amico Ryans, he's the one guy that knows how valuable Emmanuel Mosley is. Right. We also have uh, guys like Rand Carthen who went to uh, Tennessee. Uh, yep. Tennessee might need some corners as well. You're right. He, he should have a market despite the injury, uh, especially with the way that he played and the age. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he fetches a contract similar to how uh, – or I don't know anymore. But before the injury, I wouldn't have been surprised if he fetched a Traverius Ward-like contract um, because of his age and all the, all the different things. But when you talk about it, Emmanuel Mosley, I think, is probably the number one free agent the 49ers should look to retain. The 49ers were, uh, like, I think him over Mike McGlinchey, just because of the cost and the way that the 49ers, Emmanuel Mosley might take a one-year deal. I think the 49ers should look to keep Emmanuel Mosley. He's a guy who, um, when he was on the field, the 49ers were the best defense in football and really the best, one of the best teams in football uh, on that side of the ball. And so when you, when you talk about it, I think Emmanuel Mosley makes sense. He'd fit in well. He'd also help the defensive coordinator because if it's Steve Wilkes, which we'll talk about in a little bit, those aggressive fronts, that means you need man coverage on the back end. Emmanuel Mosley is shown capable in that. We'll see how, what happens though. Um, Really, a lot of suitors could price himself out of San Francisco's range. At that point, Diamond Lenore might have to uh, – you see another year of Diamond Lenore on the outside. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah, and, and Rohan, if I'm the 49ers, you know, maybe some of these other teams might be hesitant to give him a multi-year deal uh, because of the injury or whatnot. If I'm the 49ers, if I could get him on like a – I think he's earned a two-, three-year deal with the 49ers – and maybe like the money isn't as much, but maybe Emmanuel Mosley would take the security of a long-term deal type of situation over, you know, the annual money per year type thing. That might be a situation where, you know, because of his age, because of his, you know, his performance on the field, maybe get, try to give him instead, maybe if these other teams are giving him like a one-year deal or a two-year deal, maybe try to give him like a three-year deal, at seven mil or something like that, eight mil. Oh, he ain't taking that. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying, but I, I, I get your point though. It's a good point. Like, try and outbid the other teams by giving them more security when exactly. you might not have as much capital. Yeah, because if you think about it, he also is in the same locker room as Jason Barrett, so he knows what this what what the injury can do and and constantly keep coming back and all that kind of stuff. So to me, if I'm Emmanuel Mosley, maybe that is something that's playing a role in my mind. I just, I just on a on my on a deal where I'm going into my big money contract. I just blew out my knee. If these other teams aren't giving me the type of security, they're giving me big money, but it's based off of incentives. It's based off of me, um, you know, playing and all this kind of stuff. I just saw what happened to Jason Barrett. So if the if I'm gonna play with a team that I'm familiar with, that's willing to invest in me long term, maybe that does save them a couple million on an annual salary, Rohan, because they're giving him you know, longevity and security. So I think that might be the only way they, they're able to get Emmanuel Mosley back. 
I think that that's fair. I I think that that's fair. Me personally, if I'm Emmanuel Mosley, I don't see him in that deal, uh, just because Emmanuel Mosley is worth ten million dollars a year. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that that's probably the baseline of what Emmanuel Mosley will go for ten million. I, and I don't see the 49ers paying him 220, 225, maybe 330, 335 coming off that injury with the contracts that they have. I think that they probably look for him for one year. I, I, I think the 49ers would probably, although I would understand why they would, because Mosley is still only 26 uh, going into his age 27 season. I think that they probably look for the one year deal and look for something else. Yeah, I mean, but you know, let, let's just play it out. Let's say that the 49ers. Uh, try to give him like a three-year, let's say $28 million sure. contract, right? And other teams are giving him like a two-year 22, right? Or a, But with the second-year team option kind of thing or or something where it's like he doesn't get the Guaranteed money, game. yeah, yeah, sure. Right? So, so like, I mean, I think it could be close, you know, because he is coming off an injury. He is, you know, but, you know, we'll see. I just think that there's there, – there, I, I don't necessarily look at him as like he's gone – like maybe a McGlinchey. I think that they try to work something out. I agree. To get him I agree. To come back, um, just because I do think that he he there's a lot of value in him being back on the team. Yeah. No, I, I do agree. I do agree with that. I think that that's why I'm saying he's my number one free agent, and it'll be a fun, uh, fun ride seeing uh, what happens with Emmanuel Mosley. But moving forward, I like this comment here from Pockets the Cheesecake. Window is now. I agree. Window is the the next two years when you have that uh kind of like the 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 rookie deals for the quarterbacks. But uh, CLNYC brings up an interesting comment. What do you think about David Carr? Or I'm assuming he means Derek Carr. Team friendly deal. Brock Purdy most likely will have TJ, meaning he'll miss a year. Don't know about Trey Lance. Team's ready to win now. Would you go the Derek Carr option after hearing what you saw or heard from Cal Shanahan? Um, the problem with Derek Carr is you got to give up draft assets for him, right? Because he's he's, mm. he's still under contract. So a team friendly deal. I mean, I don't know what you're really gonna gonna get. Like, I personally think whatever vet they bring in um, is gonna be more backup than buying for the starting position. Um, and I do think that there's other backup quarterbacks on the market that you could get without any trading any draft assets and that are going to be much cheaper than uh, what, you know, I think the cheapest Derek Carr contract is going to be. So for me, I just don't think it's that realistic. I think that there are teams that I think he would more rather go to a team where he has a chance to be the starter. And I just don't think that that's the 49ers. I don't think the 49ers are, are looking to bring in a vet to be a starter. I think they're looking to be, to bring in a vet that is going to, you know, kind of want to understand that they're in that backup role mentorship role type of type of situation. And I, I just don't think that's where Derek Carr is in his career yet. Yeah, uh, I think that's fair. Um, Derek Carr for me, I don't think he's a realistic possibility for a couple of reasons. One, he's probably the number two quarterback on the market uh, given that Garoppolo is still recovering from a broken foot. And I think Garoppolo is older by a little bit. Maybe, uh, maybe they're the same age, but uh, to me, he's the number one, uh, number two quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers is a guy who you're going to have to get the capital for. And, Derek Carr is likely going to get released. I don't think Derek Carr gets trade. Uh, no team's going to trade for his contract with the $40 million that he's owed. He's probably going to get 20, maybe 25 million on the open market. Um, and he'll probably not get that, th uh, like a, a longer deal. He might get a two-year deal maybe, 
uh, as a bridge quarterback. I don't think you get to, you take Derek Carr though. Uh, I just, I, I, first of all, I don't think Derek Carr picks the 49ers. He wants the starting job wherever he's going to go. And the 49ers will not give him that uh, in terms of, they won't give him the guarantee that he's the starter. They'll probably have him compete. And I don't think the 49ers pay that type of money. I think with the way that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch said it, they're content with their two young quarterbacks and they're going to look for a mid-level kind of player to back them up because Purdy obviously will not be there for the, the early OTA period for me. My number one option would be Jacoby Brissett. Depends on how uh, big his contract is. Brissett had a pretty solid year in Cleveland. Would not mind a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, Baker Mayfield's a free agent. There are a couple of options out there. Andy Dalton. I like who uh, I like who pockets the cheesecakes and Matt Ryan. That's an interesting. Ooh. Interesting. Let's egg. talk about it because I I might have a differing opinion. Let's talk about it. So I think you know obviously Matt Ryan. I think he's come out and I don't know if he was joking or not. He's obviously contemplating retirement and all that kind of stuff he said that if he retired this year though because brady retired like uh, he, he'd have to deal with all the memes you know yeah. obviously he he uh, he he isn't anything close to Matty ice he once was right but he does understand kyle shanahan's system um he's been there he he ha- obviously had his best year with kyle shanahan there he's somebody who i don't think necessarily feels like he's going to be a starting quarterback and like you said, like the mentorship thing, I think that's that's really important. Like he would be a, a guy that could mentor two young quarterbacks in Trey Lance and Brock Purdy to kind of uh, teach them, you know, and have that guy there uh, to that is in competition, but also you know can gain their respect and and be able to like you know learn from. So I, I think that it could be cool, and I, I don't think he's going to be that expensive. Um, you know, I think at this point in his career, he's probably wanting to be in a situation that is more comfortable for him versus where he's going to be making the most money. So it could be a win-win situation for both sides. To me, I, I disagree in a little bit. I don't think Matt Ryan, I, I would not bring him in. Matt Ryan's not good. He's not a good quarterback. And I think the mentorship part is important. Like if it was maybe as a coach or a consultant, absolutely. But Matt Ryan will not fit the system be it regardless of be it, whether it's with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. I, I don't know if he's, I mean, he won't fit the system because of the mobility issue. If it's Trey Lance and things like that. But to me, I don't think Matt Ryan's good. I just don't, I don't think, I think there are a lot of better options than, uh, than him. He's likely to get cut uh, because the Colts can save $17 million. And I think they'll take that money rather than pay him the 35. And I, I think that they're just, uh, like the options that I mentioned, I think all of them are all better than Matt Ryan. And I think that um, the mentorship part is important, but I think with all the veteran quarterbacks that have seen starting time, I think you'll see that uh, with the, like with the Jacoby Brissett or with the Teddy Bridgewater or with the Andy Dalton or whoever it is. Yeah. I, I don't think that, but, I, I don't but none of those right. quarterbacks, bro, let's talk about what, what the 49ers did as far as backup, right? So the only Let's backup quarterback that they they brought back last season was Nate Sudfield. They paid him two million guaranteed. Agreed. All, of the names that you mentioned, are any of them gonna take anything less than ten million a year? I think so. Uh, less than ten, yeah. I'd, I'd say maybe eight million, probably a two-year well, deal with uh, probably a one-two-year deal. Yeah. I, but I don't so. you think that the 49ers are gonna want to pay something closer to the two three million a year? for a backup when they feel like they already have their two quarterbacks already on the books? Are they really it's, gonna have a million for a backup quarterback? I, I mean they did for Jimmy. Jimmy was a backup. They did for Well Jimmy, Jimmy was already on the books though. No, they were gonna re I mean they they could have cut him. They could have cut him. 
They could have, but I'm saying yeah, like and, Jimmy is a like, much I, different situation than I think that, uh, that. I mean, to me, to me, it's this is how I view it. You're allotting a certain amount of money for the quarterback position. Right. And last year they allotted maybe 15 to 20 million, depending on the how the incentives. I think Jimmy got 13, maybe 13. So you allotted about 21 million to the quarterback position. Right now, you're allotting only nine, 10 million to the quarterback position because of how cheap they are. So I think because of how cheap that room is, I wouldn't be surprised if they go with a five to eight million dollar option. Obviously, you that want you want to say you want to conserve money there, but I do think that the position is valuable, and I think it's also equally as important to have someone to push Trey Lance in OTAs. I think that you need to get the guy reps, but you need to get the guy competition. You don't want it to just be Trey Lance and nobody. Like that's what it was last year. You don't want <laughs> it to just be Trey Lance and really nobody there. Uh, you want somebody to push Trey Lance to really see if he's your guy because this is so crucial for the 49ers, the early part of the offseason, because you don't have Brock Purdy there. And so you have to see, is Lance your guy? Is he going to go into training camp as QB1? Or if Lance is not your guy and you figure out we need Brock, uh, well, when Brock comes back, he's going to take the, the reins as QB1 and have the two battle out in the quarterback position. Who out of the guys that you listed would be your favorite? Uh, my favorite would 100% be Jacoby Brissett, but unfortunately, Jacoby Brissett will likely command the most money. I wonder what his situation will be, and I wouldn't be surprised if a team signed him, like what the Cleveland Browns did, uh, as a uh, as a like a a bridge kind of quarterback because he had a, he didn't have a bad year. Brissett also took one like four and a half million last year. So if he mm. takes like maybe six million with the 49ers, wouldn't be I, I would not be mad by that. Uh yeah. and he's somebody who's you know played a lot of started a lot in this league too. So that would be that'd be great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean it, it'll be fun for sure. Quarterback, we know the 49ers are gonna add a quarterback. We'll see if they add one through the draft. There are a couple of good options um in, in the in the backgrounds. We'll see if they add one through the draft but wouldn't be surprised if they uh go around like a jacoby Brissett or teddy bridgewater or something like that as well but moving forward um i saw one comment and it relates to something that we're talking about ah from steve here they are always the team to beat until Ty, uh, kyle gets tied up in his own arrogance six years guys and gals nothing is going to change well i don't necessarily agree with that i do want to talk about is this team uh sorry not not that yet, but let's talk about the off season and let's talk about Kyle Shanahan. I think that those are the two important things. Do you think that there's, is there any issue with job security for Kyle Shanahan? No, because once again, we're talking, when we talk about Mike McGlinchey, um, we're saying like, who's, who's the upgrade. And when you look at, you know, Mike McGlinchey, okay, maybe, there, there, maybe it's more the market where you say, okay, we just don't know what the upgrade is. But when you go to Kyle Shanahan, the level that you would need to bring in somebody that that is better than Kyle Shanahan isn't out there. Like, it, it, it literally is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. That, the co coach, that's it. Like, other than that, there's nobody else that is more decorated than what Kyle Shanahan has done in the last four years with this team. Right. So I, I just think that there's this narrative. It's just like, you know, there that like, you know, it's just easy. And, you know, I got to give credit to Grant because Grant is one guy that's kind of pushing this. And he he pointed to the Eagles because I think the Eagles, like if you look at them, you know, they had Andy Reid. 
right. who was going through all those NFC championship games and couldn't win a Super Bowl. And they, they moved off of him, and then they brought in, you know, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson goes off, wins a Super Bowl. Then stuff goes off with that. They move off of Doug Peterson, and they go to Nick Sirianni, and Nick Sirianni is in the Super Bowl now, could win a Super Bowl. And so it's like, well, look at the Eagles. They're doing it. Yeah. But that's one out of like 20-plus teams, Rohan, that has gone through that coaching carousel. Name one other team that's able to do that, that just moves off of a coach so quickly and then is, is still competitive each year with that. Usually the teams that are changing coaches often, Rohan, are where? Yeah, Not making the playoffs, at the constantly at a high draft pick, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> the reality is when it comes to success and longevity in um, this league, it's about uh, it's about having stability there in your head coaching. Whether you look at the dynasties, you look at the teams that are doing amazing, they have the, the coach that could take it there. Now, if the 49er, if Kyle Shanahan was only – one and done or you know not even not getting to the nfc championship game or, or not getting to the super bowls and things like that if it was more like kind of like um uh who was that old cincinnati coach marvin marvin lewis marvin lewis i can understand where the team's getting frustrated and being like look we're constantly good enough to get to the playoffs but we can't get much further like ever competitive to actually win a super bowl i understand that but is that what we think about this team has there ever been a year that we've gone in where we didn't think that the 49ers could win a Super Bowl? Now, obviously, there's been issues that at the end of the year, you're like, ah, oh, injuries, not the right quarterback. Really, it's just that. It's all quarterback issues, right? So so to me, I'm just like, yeah, is the quarterback thing annoying that it's constantly goes back to quarterback? Yes. Does Kyle Shanahan um, uh, need to take some responsibility for that? Absolutely. It's your team. You're the offensive guru in this thing. You need to get that quarterback situation fixed because literally, if you have a quarterback, this team is vying for a Super Bowl every single year. You look at Andy Reid. That's my comp to Kyle Shanahan is Andy Reid, um, you know, was with the with the uh, Eagles all those years. And then he went to Kansas City and all of a sudden, you know, now he's one of the greatest coaches of all time because he won it. Well, the right. Did did Andy Reid change as a coach? No. Is he did did his philosophies change? Did his way he managed games change? Did anything significantly change? What changed, Rohan? He, he got probably <laughs> no. He got one Super Bowl, but he also got he got Patrick uh, Mahomes, a generational talent yeah. in Patrick Mahomes that literally can go down as the goat. He's there are people are already thinking that he's gonna go down as better than Tom Brady. So yeah. Do we think if Kyle Shanahan had Patrick Mahomes, are we thinking that we need a better coach than Kyle Shanahan? My answer would be absolutely not. Now, how many Patrick Mahomes are out there? There is only one, right? So I I do believe that um, this narrative that we need to get rid of Kyle Shanahan or there's a leash, there's a, there's a, there's a limit to Kyle Shanahan. Look, the, the first it was like Kyle Shanahan – is too stubborn to to um to change you know his the dynamics and 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 he always doubles down on whatever he's trying to do then all these stories came out about how 
uh, players, went to Kyle Shanahan to do different things during the game, and he actually changed his game plan based off of the, the input of the players. Then it's like, oh, well, you know, he's too stubborn to have somebody who um, – you know, has more experience than him and all this kind of stuff. His ego is too big to bring those type of people onto the staff. Then he brings in an Anthony Lynn and he was, you know, interviewing Vic Fangio and all these types of things, brought them, brought them into the staff. It's like all of these things that Kyle Shanahan isn't evolving as a coach is, is somebody that's not actually looking at the situation. It's, yeah. it's the fact that again, a quarterback got injured. The low hanging fruit is it's Kyle Shanahan's, issue that he always get these quarterbacks injured which i don't know how much validity there is to that obviously obviously is causation is correlation causation i don't know but to me i don't see there's not a coach in the league that i would necessarily want more than kyle shanahan because i personally believe that the only thing missing from kyle shanahan to be going down is one of the top three coaches in this league is just having the Super Bowl. That's literally it. He, if he has a Super Bowl, nobody's debating that he's not the either. Yeah. It's probably him, Andy Reid and him and Belichick. Those are the three that everybody's talking about. No, I do agree. And here's what I'll say about Kyle Shanahan. Um, I might disagree with you a little bit. And I have an interesting take. And it's coming from a guy who has been one of the bigger Kyle Shanahan supporters in a while. Um, but when you talk about Kyle Shanahan, to me, a lot of people point to, oh, he has this flaw. Oh, he has this flaw. Oh, he has this flaw. The number one flaw that people don't talk about, but is the number one flaw, flaw, flaw for Kyle Shanahan, the inability to scout quarterbacks and the inability to make good decisions with quarterbacks. How so? In 2017, he traded for Jimmy Garoppolo instead of waiting to sign Kirk Cousins. Then... He extended Jimmy Garoppolo to that five-year, $137 million deal after five mediocre games. Then, instead of moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo, despite the injury proneness uh, after that 2019 season to get Tom Brady and win that Super Bowl, he stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo. Then, he failed to he failed to acquire Matthew Stafford. Uh, after that, couldn't move on from Garoppolo in 21, and then traded three first-round picks for Trey Lance, who we still don't know is a proven commodity. It, it's like... When you're going into your seventh year and talking about Kyle Shanahan and quarterbacks, the biggest takeaway should be that you still don't have a starting quarterback. A quarterback starter continues to change, and that's the biggest issue. To me, I think there is a window for Kyle Shanahan. I, I do think that there is a window, and that is the end of the rookie contracts for both of your quarterbacks. It's unfortunate, but I think Kyle Shanahan would be fired in two years if he can't get a Super Bowl with – those quarterbacks on the rookie uh, on their rookie window. Why? Most head coaches they're tied to that one quarterback that uh, they're tied to the quarterback essentially that they draft. Kyle Shanahan drafted Trey Lance, and his inability to uh, to to really make good quarterback decisions that is probably ultimately going to be his downfall if he gets fired from the 49ers. Because if the 49ers don't make the Super Bowl in, or win the Super Bowl in the next two years, it's likely going to be because of the quarterback. And so, to me, I think that the 49ers. That's the uh, the window is for Kyle Shanahan the next two years. Now, personally, do I believe that the 49ers can win the Super Bowl in the next two years? Yeah. And I'll say this because you bring up a great point when you talk about uh, that one Super Bowl. Not many coaches have more than one Super Bowl. In the last decade, it has been a different Super Bowl winning coach except for Bill Belichick. I think going back, honestly, to 2006, 
No team has had a like no coach has had one, more than one Super Bowl than Bill Belichick going back that long. Why? Because it's so tough in the NFL to get to Super Bowl. It's only one team that gets it, and there's so many talented players. And so, to me, if Kyle Shanahan gets that one Super Bowl, he's cemented. He's good. His status. He, he won't. He won't be fired. If he doesn't, though, I can see the 49ers letting go of him after. Uh, when his contract, I believe, expires in two years in 2025, and moving on and starting a new regime once the once the quarterback situation, uh, because obviously when you talk about the quarterback situation, um, once those two are off the books, you get a new regime, new quarterback situation, and all of that. So you think that let's say, so you're saying uh, two more years, right? So let's yeah. say in the two years that'd be six years. Let's say in the last six years, let's say they go to. Um, they're already at three in the last four years. Let's say they go to five in the last six years. Let's say they're in the NFC Championship game, still haven't won a Super Bowl. You think yeah. that Jed York fires Kyle Shanahan? I do. I think ultimately that even increases the increases the reasoning, or not so increases I, the reasoning, but yeah. I look at it, and I don't think Jed York has a strong enough philosophy in football that he'd fire Kyle Shanahan. If you look at the reasons for firing in the past, the only um, the only coach that he really fired that was performing was Jim Harbaugh, right? Yeah. And that was because of personality issues. But every other coach was kind of like had a chance till they were like falling off of the map. Like they were just terrible. You know what I mean? Where Kelly, Tom Sula, all these types of things. But they were Tom fired. They were fired like – pretty pretty darn soon they didn't get six years for sure like they sure. were fired within two years because the team wasn't even in the news for the right reasons and the team wasn't competitive at all right so but when you look at where the 49ers are right now with jed york think about what that decision means for jed york if you're because do you believe if if kyle shanahan gets fired is he does he even need how quick before before he even like leave like packs up his stuff in san francisco he already has another job right that, that's like it was the fact, same with right? andy reed yeah it was the same yeah. with andy reed yeah but 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 what i'm saying is the eagles owner's philosophy is much stronger than jed york's philosophy so jed york making that move and if he doesn't pick the right guy and the 49ers go back to what they used to be rohan you tell me you tell me how 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 this 49er fan base is going to feel if all of a sudden we fire Kyle Shanahan and now we're back to 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 maybe we could win the NFC West. Look, here's here's what I'll say. And this is coming from a guy who supports Kyle Shanahan too. Here's what I'll say. It's I I don't know if there's a clear upgrade over Kyle Shanahan when you move on. But when there's the inability to do the number one thing that you have to do as a head coach, regardless of the reasoning, when we talk about it, when you're that close and you can't get it done, that is on you as a head coach. And that is the reason why you have to move on. When you see that we, I mean, we've seen it. Well, Doug Peterson was another guy and you, you're talking about the Eagles being a different philosophy. That's fair to me though. I think that you have to expect results and the 49ers, like I said, once you get that Super Bowl, he's fine. And I like Ryan Hensley's comment here. Talks about Kyle Shanahan has uh, three years left in the contract. Don't think York extends him unless he wins the thing. I also don't think he fires him before that. I agree. This is my point here. I think that you're going to ultimately, when you have that big of a window, I think you you have to get it done once. And once you get it done, you're set. But I do think that the 49ers don't mo will move on from Kyle Shanahan. I shouldn't say fire. Won't extend him. 
that's a better way to say it. Um, if if he can't win the Super Bowl, if he can't win a Super Bowl, I, I do think that 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 that'll see. Happen. I I I don't think Super Bowl is the mark, but I do agree with you. Is quarterbacks the mark? So let's say that Trey Lance or Brock Purdy turn into the guy, and we're like, okay, we have a quarterback now, and we make it to a Super Bowl, and they lose by three points to Patrick Mahomes or to, you know, it's just like a, a really good game. And, you know, it's just close, not necessarily because the quarterback didn't play well enough, but we're like, yo, we finally got a dude. You know what I mean? Like we know who the quarterback is. I think you extend Kyle Shanahan, because, even if they don't do it in the next mm. two years, because at the because end of the I day. Say, yeah, go, no, you go ahead. Sorry. Well, what I'm saying is if we know that the long, we have the long-term quarterback solution, it's only a matter of time before Kyle Shanahan wins the Super Bowl is what I'm saying, because everything else is in place under Shanahan. He knows how to pick the right coaches. Um, him and Adam Peters, who I think eventually will become the GM, are, are, are re- get along really, really well. Adam Peters knows how to draft. Like, they will constantly have young talent. They will constantly be able to coach them up because Kyle Shanahan has been able to get the right coaches. Like, there's a lot more that goes into being able to be a stable team that people don't take – um, into consideration as far as what Kyle Shanahan is able to do, because at the end of the day, it's only if you win a Super Bowl or, but, or, or whatever. Like, even like we'll see what Sean Payton, Payton does with with Denver if they get back that quick. You know, obviously Doug Peterson with um, Jacksonville, Jacksonville looks like he's the right guy over there, but you know, Belichick doesn't look like the same quarterback without Tom Brady. How close it is they? Been he to has sniffing. the Super Bowls. But what I'm saying, point. but but what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say, Rohan, is just because uh just because they have a Super Bowl doesn't necessarily mean the team is good because that's a better coach. That's fair. And and so what I'm trying to say is like once again, be careful what we're wishing for. Are we going to um are we going to like are we going to shoot ourselves in the foot? Because it, we haven't gotten the result yet. When all of when I'm looking at what a coach does to a team and with the value that he brings, is he checking off all of these boxes? Is the is or do they draft well? Check. Do they have good coaching staffs? Check. Is the culture really good? Check. Is the team competitive? Check. All of those things are there. Just that the result isn't there. If that's what we're really to throw 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 out, okay. Well, he didn't win a Super Bowl, so we're gonna throw all this stuff out. That's really hard to get somebody that's able to do all of those types of things. So to me, I, that's where I look at it, and I'm just like, and yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a self-proclaimed Shanistan, so maybe I'm giving him way too much credit. But to me, I'm looking at it, and I'm just like, there's not, there's not coaches that have won Super Bowls that I think are better. There's not that many coaches that even have won Super Bowls that I think that are better than Kyle Shanahan at this point with what that's he's fair. done with this team. No, I, I mean, I, I do agree with that. I, I do agree with that. And to me, it's just – here's how I think about it because you brought up the quarterback situation. If the 49ers have a good quarterback, they win the Super Bowl. They, they If the 49ers had a good quarterback this year, they would have won it. If the 49ers had a good quarterback in 2019, they would have won it. If the 49ers had a good quarterback in really 19, 20, 21, or 2022, they win the Super Bowl. That's how I think about it. So if Kyle Shanahan is able to develop one of the two young quarterbacks on his team into a good – quarterback into a top 10 starting quarterback they win the super bowl that's how i think about it but if he can't then they're not going to win the super bowl or i mean if he can't that's the reason they don't win the super bowl that's that's what i'll say i'm not going to say that they can't because kyle shanahan has shown this year the 49ers could have won the super bowl this year without a top 10 quarterback but to me that's kind of how i think about it and so 
uh, yeah, I, I do think that it, it is tied. It's not only it, like, let me be clear. It's not only because the 49ers didn't win the Super Bowl. It's the reasoning as to why they didn't win the Super sure. Bowl. And it comes to the number one position in football, which is the quarterback position. If you can't figure out the quarterback position, then you're not going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think in two years, if we still don't know what the solution at quarterback is at um, with the 49ers, I do think at that point, you know, there's a tough conversation to have with Kyle Shanahan. And at that point, you're just like, yo, man, like, come on, you've had the reins of this organization for this long, and we still don't know who the starter is. But I think it's more that than winning a Super Bowl. But I agree. I, I see what you're saying. You're saying if they figured out the 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 quarterback situation you have no doubt that Kyle Shanahan's winning a Super Bowl so we're probably saying I agree the same thing. yeah exactly exactly but hey that that talk that that little disagreement there that's a fun talk and a great way to end today's show because we are now reaching the seventy five minute mark those of you guys that are still in thank you guys so much for for remaining with us we really appreciate you guys and you guys bringing the questions that we can answer and talk about uh, on the chat as well so appreciate you all Sneil any last thoughts. Nah, man, just, uh, you know, stick stick to this channel, So Real Sports Talk TV. We're going to be, you know, definitely keeping it, holding down the fort during the offseason, and uh, we'll have some fun discussions. 100%, 100%. Go subscribe to Sunil's channel. We'll be back soon with another show between us, so stay tuned.